We have history. We're going to travel backwards into history. There's a lot of great history podcasts out there. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Podnavi, the podcast about podcasts. I'm Carrie. I'm Josh. And today is episode 10. Woohoo! It's like a milestone. We've made a milestone. And because we're making a milestone, we're going to travel backwards into history, just like the history of our first episode all 10 episodes ago. Are we doing like a doodly 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 doodly? And then cut to our first episode? Yeah, we we don't have to do that. You can just go back and listen. First up, as always, on Podnobbing, Podnobbing News. Today's episode is being recorded on August 26th. From Pod News, WWE is partnering with Endeavor Audio to create the WWE Podcast Network. Yeah. DR Donlin, executive VP of WWE Advanced Media, said storytelling is at the WWE's core. Well, uh, yeah, I guess that's true. Endeavor Studio produced Blackout, the audio drama with Rami Malik. Malik, is that right? Oh, the uh, oh, Mr. Impossible. No, Mr. Invisible. No. Uh <laughs> shit. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Robot. Robot. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. I said Malik. Yeah. That's what it is. I think you're right. As well as the Bellas podcast, a weekly lifestyle chat show hosted by WWE stars, the Bella Twins. Hmm. The only thing about a wrestling podcast is like you can't like, you know, visually you can hit somebody over the head with a chair, you know, but just hearing it, I don't know if it has the same impact, but we'll see. It might turn into like a radio drama, which we investigated how wonderful they could be, could be awesome. all of two episodes ago, I think. The UK has its first magazine dedicated to podcasts. The publication is called Pod Bible and is available online as well as hard copies every two months. It's chock full of interviews with famous podcasters, podcast reviews, and recommendations. And they also have a podcast. It's like a physical magazine? It's a physical and online magazine. Hmm. From Central Track, Dr. Death is headed for television. Wondery's 2018 hit true crime podcast got its name from an article published in 2016 in D Magazine. Christopher Dunsch, the surgeon who in 2017 was sentenced to life in prison for intentionally maiming four patients and killing two, will be played by Fifty Shades of Grey's Jamie Dornan. Oh, he's great. That's according to Variety Magazine. You listen to Dr. Death, right? I have not ever listened to Dr. Death, but I've heard it's amazing. It is. It's good. It's, it's, um, It's horrifying. In a lot of ways about our medical system <laughs> and, what, and what somebody can get away with and how long it takes for somebody to actually get caught doing something. So it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, I would like to point out there is absolutely no physical resemblance between Christopher Dunch and uh, Jamie Dornan. Absolutely none. Alec Baldwin and Christian Slater will also star in the TV adaptation. And lastly, but not podcastly, because this ain't about a podcast, Josh and I have manifested something extraordinary with our tiny little human voices. Ladies and gentlemen and folks and podnobbers, Missy Elliott has a new album. Yeah, we said it and it happened. And it happened. So I think everyone is now aware of our power. The incomparable Missy Elliott dropped a surprise five-track album titled Iconology. It is her first album in 14 years. One of the tracks, Throw It Back, has a video that will make you forget all that ails you for like three minutes. Mm -hmm. Amazing minutes. 
If you haven't watched the video, please do. It is classic. Classic Missy. Missy Elliott. Classic. What? It kind of makes me think what we should, like, the power that we have now. Yeah. Like, what, yeah, what should we, we should wish for now? We should keep manifesting everything. Right. Seriously, I know, I know, times have been rough, everyone. Musical icons have been dropping like flies, and our hearts have been heavy. All of a sudden, who comes to the forefront? Missy Elliott, just, after 14 you years. You doomed Missy Elliott to death. I did not doom Missy well, Elliott. Well, if, if Missy goes, it's all your fault. Shit. All right, and that is it for today's edition of Pod Knobbing News. Okay. Hey, not to get off on a on a little tangent this early. It's not even the lightning round yet, but uh, some, you said something about the Fifty Shades person doing the Doctor Death guy. Who who would you want to play you in uh, your life story? Oh gosh. Um. Well, that's very hard to say, right? Because. If someone was cast to play me, if they were playing a young me, mm-hmm. I might not even know this person exists yet, right? I might not even know this actor yet. Okay. What if you could pick like an actor and then just somehow magically they would, you know, uh, age correctly? Like if you, they were playing you as a young child, they would be them as a young child, teenager, elderly, you know, everything. It just the whole scope. Good makeup, CGI, whatever, but it's the core actor or actress that would play. So I could get anybody. Okay, so I would probably like want one of my heroes. If this is fantasy land where this person can like, you know, appear to be a child or appear to be an adult, there's some sort of like shapeshifter. Mm-hmm. So I would probably pick one of my heroes. So if anyone could play me, let's see, um, Gilda Radner would definitely be on the top of my list. Uh, Tracy Allman, she would have to fake her accent, but I believe in her and she can do it. Very versatile. Um, and of course, everybody always says that I look like Tina Fey. So I imagine that somebody, somebody that a lot of people would pick to play me would be Tina Fey. Right. I can see those. Yeah, totally. How about you? Well, just for looks alone, I'd go The Rock. Uh, and maybe Jason Momoa. Sure. Yeah. Um, and that's all that really matters is look. So I would go with those two. <laughs> I don't know what's so funny about this, but uh, let's move on. Let's get to the crux of the episode. We have history. Now, I believe last episode when when I promoted history as the next one, I, I said history podcasts are uh, not boring and that there's a lot of great history podcasts out there. And there are. There's a lot of good ones. But I was wrong about the boring part. There's a lot of boring history podcasts. Yeah. Uh, But here's the thing. There's a podcast for pretty much anything you can think of. Name a country. There's a history of that country podcast. Name a a war. There's a history of that war podcast. That's it's it's detailed and it's probably pretty good. But, you know, uh, I was going for um, more, I guess, gimmicks, more hooks. To try to get me interested in what they're talking about, so let's we just get in. We're just getting right to it, right? Let's get into it. I have a comment about what you just said, but I'm gonna work it in to your podcast recommendations. Josh, we are starting with you this week. Okay, uh, then let's see. I'm going to talk about the constant, a history of getting things wrong. That's the whole name of the podcast, a little long-winded, but the constant, you can look that up, a history of getting things wrong, kind of like a you know semicolon, history of getting things wrong. Um, but it is exactly that. It is a thorough uh, documentation of terrible choices in history. Um, <laughs> things that people thought were great ideas uh, that turned out to go horribly, horribly, sometimes tragically wrong. Uh, let's see, how do they describe themselves? Let's see, The Constant is an audio history of getting things wrong. From ancient science to contemporary blunders, we take you on journeys of misadventure and misapprehension, filling your brain with juicy nuggets of the sometimes comical, sometimes tragical. Is that a word? Tragical? Sure. And always fascinating ways to mess things up. I totally got stuck on Juicy Nuggets. Yes, right away, Juicy Nuggets hooked me into this podcast 
Um, the constant is uh, created, written, produced, and hosted by one Mark Chrysler. Uh, Mark is a, a pretty endearing, actually. Chicago boy. Is he? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He makes his podcast from Chicago, Illinois, probably somewhere near P- you. Pretty close. Yeah. Uh, he's a playwright, um, so he knows how to tell a story. And I think that's actually the best way to recommend this podcast is it's a storytelling podcast. Like, you start listening to this guy, he definitely knows his shit. Um, but he tells the story sort of like, first, you don't really know what he's talking about. You're just sort of, he's, he starts off pretty much every podcast on like an anecdote or something. And then the way he brings his story together, by the end of it, you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. So what did the pious, wise, and wonderful St. Damien have to say about Theodora's death? She got what she deserved. Theodora wasn't cruel. She wasn't stupid. She wasn't evil. But she did something that the public found unconscionable and unforgivable. The night of the wedding, at dinner, in front of the court, in front of the nobility, in front of the people, she used a fork. He definitely knows how to open and close uh, correctly uh, as far as the storytelling goes. It's, it's pretty awesome. The podcast itself isn't long. They're only about, well, they can go to an hour. Some of them are an hour, but uh, they're usually about 30 minutes, about 35 minutes either. And they're all individual stories. So you can pretty much go in, look at the catalog and pick anything that you think is interesting to you. Uh, which one did you think was interesting to you that you listened to? I actually listened to two episodes, both about radiation. One was about the invention of the x-ray. And then the second one moved into how for a long time, radiation and radiated things were considered not only safe. Yeah, healthy. There were radium cones and discs and bars for dropping into your glass. There were mini radium jars, small radium pumps you could push water through like a French press, and tiny suitcase looking dealies you could store your drinks in out on the road. There were radium potions, radium drops, radium bottles, radium tablets, and radium mints. It got weirder than that. In Germany and Bohemia, you could buy radium bread baked with radium water. Burke and Braun's radium chocolate chocolate bar was sold all around the world. One of the largest parts of the radium therapy business became various bags, pads, comforters, and pillows. One particularly popular radioactive pad, invented by M.L. Degnan, sold more than 150,000 units. <laughs> they were in lots of women's cosmetic products. Uh, they were in products for uh, erectile dysfunction, uh, a type of insert mm-hmm. that went into the urethra of the penis yeah. that was irradiated. <laughs> um, yeah. And then also, of course, they talked about the watch factory, which apparently was right in Chicago, Illinois, which he said near the end of the episode, I did not know that, where the women were painting uh, with uh, paint uh, material that had radiation and they would lick the brush because they were told they were it was safe to do so, so that the brush would come to a fine point. And all of these women died after developing giant cancerous holes in yeah. first their jaw bones and then of course that spread yeah and they tried to they tried to like sue and like the company kept pushing off like just kept delaying and delaying hoping that they would all just die and they and that worked actually they had to settle and then a little bit later they all died beautiful success so you just have to wait out your victims and eventually they'll just die mm-hmm. so those were the two episodes that I listened to. And one of the comments I was going to make, actually not just about this podcast, but about the other one that you picked, was you really found two history podcasts with great narrators and great storytellers. And and when we get to the one of the podcasts that I picked, one of the hosts of that podcast said, they always say that, you know, history is told by the victors. But often history is simply told by the best storyteller, even if that story was inaccurate. But if they could tell it really well, sometimes that's what we remember. (laughs) Right. If you had a good history teacher, it was because he wasn't boring. Yeah. Exactly. So this particular podcast is is a joy to listen to because he does 
have a real knack for narration and storytelling. And more than that, he creates a very digestible narrative. I find him to be very, very uh, like humorous, um, thoughtful. Um, and then he, he does add a little element of himself into every show. So yeah, um, it's, it's, it makes it personal. Um, but then he's also very uh, descriptive uh, and, he, and very thorough in his the historical knowledge. What was your favorite episode? Do you remember? Uh, I f- actually, I think it was the the not the X-ray one, but the other one, the one with all the radiated products. That was actually the yeah. one I just couldn't believe the mo- like yeah. all the di- all the different products and how it was just like, yeah, this is good for you. And people just did, thought it was coincidence that you know their fingers were falling off or whatever, and their organs were melting. Um, their skin is melting off. People had it in beauty creams, and it made your skin melt off. Yeah. Hey, there used to be uh, cigarette ads, you know, by uh, your doctor promoting cigarette smoking because it's good for you and it helps you yeah. relax. Yeah. Or, you know, cocaine in your beverage. That's right. It'll be a little pick-me-up. Yeah. Yes. So we're we're slowly coming coming a long way, but... One should always have a little bit of doubt in products that are promoted and advertised to you because they may, in fact, be poisonous. And we just don't know how much quite yet. Yeah. Give it give it a little time before you try stuff. I'm talking to you, e-cigarette users. (laughs) No, that's just coming out now, isn't it? (laughs) There was also some of them are pretty heartfelt, like the episode on uh, Madagascar uh, was just really interesting. Uh, that one talked about like during um, you know when the Nazis were around, they tried to buy the island of Madagascar uh, just to send all the Jews there, and like it, but it like never happened, and it was just this amazing story um, of what actually happened uh, at Madagascar. They had no idea. To me, Madagascar was just the place where weird animals live. Right. Um, yeah. But there's a, a pretty rich history of, of fuck-uppery that uh, happened. And so that, that episode was also really interesting. Actually, it's kind of emotional by the end. He considered the greatest impediment to Germany to be the Jewish people, whom he didn't fully consider a people at all. He referred to them as parasites, vermin, infestations. And what did Lagarde think Germany should do about the threat of the Jews? Send them to Madagascar. The Constant, A History of Getting Things Wrong. It's available iTunes, on the Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, Radio Public, and probably other places too. My second podcast, um, it was, I couldn't find a lot about like where it started, mm-hmm. um, but it is a, an, an Ozzy podcast. Uh, Ozzy is like a, um, like a multimedia podcast company they do tv and video and podcasts and they have they do news and they have all kinds of festivals and stuff um but so this is like their first podcast and it's called the thread so like i said i was into into hooks and gimmicks and this one had the best one that i had come across through all of my um podcasts listening over the past couple weeks uh I've I've always been fascinated by, like in sci-fi shows, like the idea of like a uh, multiple dimensions or like a parallel universe kind of stuff, yeah, uh, or like the butterfly effect. You know, we're just like one, you know, there's one change, like one thing, can just lead to different things, and it's just kind of snowballs. And so, in like the parallel universes, like. Everything has happened in every anything you could think of has happened in some other universe. So it's interesting to look at our timeline uh, in this, I guess you would call it the real world that we live in. This is what this podcast is. It's the thread. It starts with an event. The first season, this is the one that I listened to, uh, the first season starts with the, the death of John Lennon, right? So the first episode is just about the death of John Lennon, right? But as it, as they discuss this, uh, there's little things that come up. And then mm-hmm. the next episode will be about those little things that, that had come up. 
and eventually, by the end of the season, it gets all the way to Lenin. Not John Lennon, but the Russian dictator. And, like, basically, if that, if there was no Lenin, there wouldn't have been this that happened, then there wouldn't have been that that happened, and then, like, ultimately, John Lennon wouldn't have died. Like, that's how it connects. What does it take to change the world? A forceful personality, the right moment, and a good wig. Vladimir Lenin was a brooding scholar and political theorist. He had been living in exile for years. In 1917, he watched from overseas as the Russian Tsar abdicated the throne and a new government took power. The time was right for revolution. Lenin made his move. Una O'Neill Chaplin was the fulcrum of our tale, the hinge at its center. But there's someone else who could have been the subject of episode three and whose story could have sent us in a very different direction. Ernest Hemingway. And now the next thing. Communism. Our story begins with John Lennon's death on the doorstep of the Dakota, and it ends at the doorstep of another Lennon, the communist revolutionary Vladimir Lenin. These overlapping events in history, so like some of them got way more attention and acclaim than others. And so we don't there's certain things about history that we don't remember or we don't understand clearly because something else captured the spotlight at the very same time, but they were ultimately not only connected, but influenced each other. He's a great storyteller. And all of these seven degrees of separation, all of these teeny tiny little dominoes bumping into each other, it's a really fascinating way to look at historical events. Yeah, the thread. Uh, it's available on uh, all your local pod stations. I, I started using that word pod stations. I'm pretty sure I made it up, uh, but I'm going to try to keep it going. <laughs> Pod stations. Pod stations. Like a gas station, but for pods. All right, Josh, I think we'll take a little break. All right, fine. We'll be right back. We are back. Josh. Wait. You go ahead and tell our listeners how to connect with us. Oh, I mean, just give us a call. One eight hundred podnobbing. I'd be interested to see what that number is. It's probably some sex line. <laughs> that would be like a, a knob polishing. Yeah. Oh boy. No, you can. Uh, we are very responsive to everybody that tries to contact us, and uh, you can do that. Uh, through the website. We have a website. It's great. Poddobbing.com. You can f- find our blog there uh, that details all of the episodes uh, that we've done and uh, gives you quick links and quick access to all of those podcasts that we recommend. So it's pretty awesome. And you can send us messages through there as well. Um, you can also email us if you like. Uh, we're at podnobbing at gmail. Um, so send us a, a recommendation or let us know that you have a podcast you want us to listen to. We'll do it. Uh, if it uh, fits our genre for that week. So uh, that's podnobbing at Gmail. Uh, and then also our socials, uh, Instagram, we're just at podnobbing, uh, and Facebook group, podnobbing, and on the Twitters at podnobbing. And that's P-O-D-N-O-B-B-I-N-G. Thanks, Josh. Okay, it is time to get to my picks. Carrie's Picks. I'm Carrie. The first one I'm going to go with is called What's Her Name? And this is What's Her Name? Fascinating women you've never heard of. Now, if you go to look for this podcast online or on Stitcher or on Google Podcasts, it will be helpful to know it's kind of all one word. It's all one word with the apostrophe. With the apostrophe between the T and the S. What's Her Name? What's Her Name? Fascinating women you've never heard of. Our hosts here are Katie Nelson and Olivia Mickle. Katie Nelson has a PhD in history from the University of Warwick and teaches courses in history, travel, and the meaning of life. Man, I need to take that one. At Weber State University. Olivia Mickle teaches women's studies and English at Naropa University and the University of 
Denver. This show covers world history. So even if you're a women in America history buff, you will undoubtedly learn about women you've never heard of across the globe and across the ages. Each episode, they include a guest. The guest is a historian, a scholar, or a writer who is an expert on the historical person featured in that episode. The show is really well produced, very easy to listen to, it's thorough, it's interesting, and I've learned an embarrassing amount of information. Yeah, because it's not like it, there really are people that you've never heard of. Never fucking. Yeah, heard I was surprised. Of. <laughs> like I went through like a, a list of all the episodes, and I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are, which is awesome. Like, <laughs> no, I mean, because it's it's you know, there's a lot of people in history that are maybe not as well known and should be, but these are people that are like, wow, that should be known, but no one's heard of them. It's actually impressive. Super interesting stories. So. I listened to a lot of them. I actually, I listened to more of, too many of them. I should have listened to more episodes of your podcast, but I got really addicted to this freaking podcast. So my favorite one so far, and it's hard to pick because I really enjoyed them all, but my favorite one was about the psychoanalyst Sabina Spielrein. Now, the reason why I found her so interesting is because I'm familiar with Freud and Jung's work. I am not a psychotherapist, but I had to take a lot of psychology classes to do what I do more than the average person. And I never friggin' heard of this woman. I had no idea that so many of Freud and Jung's ideas came directly from her or were highly influenced by her ideas. Now, these men did not steal from her. They included her in all of their footnotes in their books. But what happened, how she ended up forgotten in history, is when their books were translated to other languages, the footnotes were not translated. So what happened? I mean, how come she didn't get the credit? Did she call it something Ah. boring and he branded it something exciting or what? No, I think that's what's so fascinating about this, that even when everyone involved is working in absolute good faith to assure credit where credit is due, Mm -hmm. translation will ruin it. And in this case, I mean literal translation. Wow. Jung's works are translated into other languages. The footnotes are not translated. Oh. And then... Her writings, her information, her teachings were not readily translated because she was a woman. And Sabina's life ended a little on the early side because she was Jewish and the Nazis killed her. Nazis. It was a fascinating episode. I learned so much about her work. She was one of the first people to talk about intergenerational trauma, this idea that we actually carry the memories of our ancestors in our cells. She was talking about this stuff ages ago. So she was a fascinating person in history. I knew nothing about her. Thanks to this podcast, I've learned so much about her. You know, I listened to the, the like the most the two most recent ones. And I just want to say this one woman's name because it's awesome. Lascarina Bublina. What did she do? She raised the flag and she saluted it with cannon fire. (laughs) And on April 3rd, 1821, she led a fleet of ships, her own personal navy, plus (laughs) others from Spetsis. And together they sailed toward Nafplio, a fortified coastal city that was an Ottoman stronghold. Wow. So Bubulina was one of the first to the uprising against the Turks. The great thing is that is that she was a woman, a lady, in those days. That if we think that even today the role of women in some countries is a little bit uh, lower than the the, the men. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about in 1821? 
200 years before for a woman to be the first to be uprising against the enemies. Uh, the other one that I listed had an equally amazing name of Cherokee America Rogers. Um, oh, I didn't listen to that one, but I saw it. Yeah. Um, and that one was cool because it literally, they had, like, this lady wrote a novel about her. Um, and the way the story came about is, like, she was at her, uh, one of her relatives' house and went out to, like, you know how they have uh, graveyards, you know, just, like, on the property in some Yeah. Like, and so she went there and one of the biggest stone like stones in the cemetery was of this woman cherokee america that she saw in there and the, the name was just like what what is this and why does she have the biggest headstone here so she went and asked her relative about it and then her grandma or whoever it was was like oh let me tell you about her and it just sort of this amazing story that turned into an amazing novel so at night that night i went home to uh, my grandmother's farm and it was she and i were alone we were in the kitchen and uh eating dinner and i told her she knew of course i'd been to see granddad's grave Hmm. and i told her that while i was there i had come across this fabulous name on this gravestone and told her it was cherokee america rogers and she laughed, and she said, well, you found Aunt Check. And uh, I think, the, I know the novelist was Poulter-nominated, but I don't know. Her name was like Margaret, Margaret Verbal. And she was, I could just listen to her forever. And it was just captivating. She was, uh, like, so I think their guests are, are just as important as the stories themselves. Absolutely. I mean, the guests are sort of essential because they debunk a lot of myths, but they've done the work in an effort to try to debunk these myths. All right, so my first choice is what's her name? Fascinating women you've never heard of. It is available on Stitcher. It is available on Google Podcasts. It is available on Apple Podcasts. You just have to spell it right (laughs) and you will find it. All one word with the apostrophe. With the apostrophe. Is there a question mark in there? Yes. There is. Oh, there is? No. No, there's not. You can also check out their website. You'll find out more information about them. You can listen on their website, of course. Okay. My second pick. The name of this podcast, Revolutions. That's a Janet Jackson album, isn't it? Hello, and welcome to Revolutions. Our host here is Mike Duncan. He has a degree in political science from Western Washington University, and he is also the man behind the History of Rome podcast. Which is huge. It's a huge podcast. Huge. This guy is so thorough. It is unbelievable. Each season covers a different revolution in history, so... The Bolshevik Revolution, the Mexican Revolution, the French Revolution. You, you get the picture. The detail is superb. It is insane. Last time, we did the life of Mikhail Bakunin, the professional Russian revolutionary who began his career as a pretty standard-issue socialist and nationalist. Episode 9.17, but who then returned from a long the occupation of Veracruz. That new order would be was of great interest to President Woodrow Wilson who still wanted a negotiated peace last time with Pancho Villa and his increasingly invincible Division del Norte smashing a federal army at the Battle of it Tierra Blanca, this last forcing the remainder first of the federal social question. To evacuate and as the 19th city. century progressed, their demands for an answer only grew louder. And it is from that tiny seed, from the spirit of 1796, that we find the origins of the Russian Revolution, a social revolution to match the size and scope of the merely political French Revolution. This is so, so much more than you've ever gotten out of any history class, unless you had some sort of amazing college-level professor. He covers, in depth, not only the politics of the time, but the philosophy, the art, the culture. He goes into incredible detail about the leaders of the different revolutions. Every episode is about 30 minutes. That's the craziest part, is he gets it all in... 30 minutes. Yes. Well, they're segments. Like, so he'll take, you know, 
10 episodes to do one full revolution, but you don't need to do that. You don't need to hear them all. If you, if you could just pick one and be enthralled and then you'll want to hear the rest of them. This is so true, but uh, uh, more than 30 minutes would be so intense. These nuggets are dense as shit. Yeah. Shit is not dense. They're so dense. They're dense as bricks. It's like grape nuts. This podcast is like trying to eat a bowl of grape nuts. If you ever attempted that somewhere in the like 80s or 90s. What? It's still and you around. realize you've made a terrible, terrible mistake. Who eats grape nuts anymore? Grape nuts is still around. It's anymore. perfectly fine. People eat it with their yogurt. If you eat a bowl of them, it's a huge mistake. Yeah, I mean, you won't have a roof of your mouth anymore, but it's still, you know. <laughs> Each episode is so incredibly, so incredibly dense. I cannot do anything else when i listen to these because i miss shit and then i'm and then i have to go back and i have to re-listen to the episode because i missed things every sentence is important so 30 minutes you're you're gonna like you gotta pay attention but after 30 minutes you're gonna be like wow Mm -hmm. like i really really just learned something and you'll be surprised that uh you're regular after that so (laughs) Thanks to your Grape Nut podcast. I highly recommend this podcast. Now, this podcast has no bells and whistles. What do you mean? It is just him. Oh, right, right. Like no sound effects or anything. You got to pay attention. So if you're not into that and you know that you're someone with a very short attention span, the 30 minutes may work for you or you may end up being like me and you have to listen to some episodes twice because you frigging spaced out for 30 seconds and you missed something super important. Okay. So. Grape Nuts. Revolutions. Oh, revolution. I'm sorry, revolutions. AKA Grape Nuts. Amazing podcast. I used to love Grape Nuts. I would eat like just great plain Grape Nuts. I would just eat like a like a bunch like a bag of it. I would. I don't know how your stomach was able to do that. I mean, I would just blow up like a giant balloon well, trying to eat Grape Nuts. I'm a weirdo. I eat like I, I don't believe I'm going to I don't believe I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell everybody that's listening to this, but I eat peanuts in the peanut shell. I just eat the whole peanut. You eat the shell? I eat the whole peanut, yeah. Do you eat banana peels as well? No. Why do you eat the fucking shell? It's just, they're good to me. I don't know. I just eat them. They're nice and salty. That's strange. I wonder. I eat them. Maybe you have some sort of mineral deficiency or something. It works for me, Carrie. Don't judge me. I hear you're judging me. Now that we know Josh is a goat... I know it's weird. I I know it's weird. I get looked at at baseball games. But I also uh, don't make a mess. It's time for the lightning round. Speaking of sound effects. Josh. Yeah. What are you watching? Um, the, the real show that I, I just finished last night is uh, Mindhunter. Are you a Mindhunter person? Oh my God. I just finished it too. Are you really? Season two, right? Did I just steal your thing again? No, we are clearly just on the same wavelength because I just finished Mindhunter as well. I have moved on to another show that I will mention, but it was so good. What did you think? It's great. Um, Aside from like one uh, like subplot that really was completely unnecessary. The show is just perfect. Um, The acting is fantastic. The Fincher film like his cinematography is is so good uh and yeah i can't wait for more i love this show i mean i am sort of a huge sucker for like forensic shows and any type of like um you know medical examiner shows coroner shows i can't help it but this one all about like the psychology creating the psychology of serial killers friggin crazy yeah uh, every single every single interview that they have with one of these uh caught serial killers that they had from like kempler in the first one to uh yep. manson, manson in this one like they're just the acting is so damn good it's so good and they're based on the real interviews yeah. they're based on the actual recorded interviews that that really happened with these guys the pacing is weird but it is just it, it's it's it draws you in and that's the that's the point of the pacing i believe uh, uh just a solid show and the lead character 
The lead character's kind of weird. Holden's kind of weird. Oh, so you see Holden as the main character. Oh, do you see Bill as the main I character? Do. I do see Bill as the main character. Interesting. And then also there's the woman from... Um, Fringe. I didn't know what happened with her character this season, but it was completely unnecessary. You didn't like it? I just didn't see the point. Like It didn't move the story along at all to me, but, you know, whatever. Olivia Dunham. Yeah. She's good. And I wanted, I liked her in the first season. I, I just wanted something that actually pertained to, you know, the meat of the story, which at least at this point, it, it did not. So. so what I took away from the subplot, um, Olivia Dunham is her name. Let's, let's do right. And let's, I don't know, let's I just call, know everyone's just name. Just call her Fringe. It's fine. <laughs> I can't, I don't know the other two guys' names though. So there you go. Um, I believe the point of it, what I took away as the point of it was, so they, you know, they made her character gay. Is that, am I spoiling? I don't know. Okay. So they made her character gay and then they have a scene where she talks about how it is no longer, homosexuality is no longer in the um, diagnostic manual for psychology, right? For a long time, homosexuality was considered a psychological disease and they removed it. Deviant behavior. And. Right, deviant behavior, but they removed it, um, and so my understanding was her character, like, I, I, I kind of felt like they needed a character that normalized, like, homosexuality at a time where it was, like, only recently removed from the DSM, and then they also have some sexually deviant uh, predators, Right? So it's like, I felt like they needed a character that wasn't deviant, that was like just totally a normal person that is also gay. I guess. I, I'm pretty sure you can tell that uh, these aren't normal people that they're dealing with, but... They're really not. But unfortunately, like, almost all the dev- all the, all the um, killers in this season, they were all potentially gay, right? Uh... I can't re- yeah, but they made a whole huge deal about it. What it's you know just the violence in itself was was the sexual satisfaction, so. sexually gratifying. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just found that's a. I, I wish they did something more useful, or or at least more blatantly obvious to move the story mm-hmm. along than what it was. And they didn't. They hardly touched mm-hmm. her. I I think she's a great actress, and I think she was a pivotal to season one. And I uh, yeah. I was I'm just hoping that she gets a better. Uh, more a better character development and more uh that attributes to the actual main plot line the ones that you're i just couldn't wait to get back to the story and so anytime they went to the story even uh any all the interviews i guess i like the stuff she did with the other guy but again i i was just looking forward to to the the bill and uh holden um portions more than anything else it's a great show, nonetheless. So that's fantastic. What we're watching. Still four stars, five stars, ten stars, whatever. It's, it's really good. I am also beginning to watch a show on Netflix, Diagnosis. Have you heard of oh, this? Oh yeah, I, uh, it's on my list. I added it on my list, but I didn't. Uh, I haven't watched any of it yet. I thought it was interesting though, just by the synopsis. So Diagnosis uh, features a doctor and writer for the New York Times. She writes an article about mysterious cases from all around, I think just the country, Um, cases that she's struggling with. She obviously has permission from the patient to publish a lot of personal information, like lab results, tests that have been done, uh, diagnostic imaging. And then through the New York Times, it goes out into the world and people from all around the world can reply. Now, of course, this looks like a cluster four dash of like useless commentary, yeah. but that's not what... This isn't just like a subreddit. Right. And and they, I'm sure they get a lot of that, but that is not covered in the show. So they get medical practitioners of all kinds, scientists from all around the world who will send information about the case so tests that they feel like should be done possible diagnoses that have not been explored you will get some lay people that write in Uh, you'll get some lay people who say had similar symptoms and the they'll tell you the person about their diagnosis and what then the outcome of that was parents will connect who have children who have the similar symptoms and had you know got a diagnosis and had a procedure 
So it can be a little emotional. It's, it is a reality TV show, obviously. So there is an element of that. If you don't like reality TV shows, I don't know how it's made. Maybe we'll rub you the wrong way. But I have been enthralled in this. I have been so fascinated by it. And there's a lot of medical jargon, but it's so interesting that even if you can't comfortably follow the medical jargon, you will know what's going on. It's just so friggin' interesting to find out what some of these people have. Or, I mean, some of them don't leave you with like a super satisfied feeling. Some people have procedures and then they move on and you know, you don't know what the long-term outcome of the procedure was, but because they had options as far as procedures they could have done, but some of them are so much more devastating than others once they have a diagnosis. And it sounds like it sounds like Doctor House talking to his, uh, you know, subordinates about uh, mystery disease. Guess what? The woman who writes for the New York Times, who is in fact the main host of the show, was the primary medical consultant for the show House. No way. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep, way. It's never lupus. That's all I learned from House. Josh, do I even have to ask you what you're listening to right now? Wait, yes. Do we do what you're reading first? I don't care. Fuck it. Doesn't matter. People don't care. Do I even have to ask you what you're listening to? Or can I guess? Uh, You can guess. Go ahead. Are you listening to Missy Elliott's? I did listen to Missy Elliott. I did. Yeah. (laughs) What did you think? Uh, all in all, it's classic messy. Yeah. Some of the hooks are weird, but, uh, you know, the verses are t- tremendous. The videos were all great. So looking forward to more of those. I appreciated the weird hooks. I felt like, you know, she was taking a little detour from like classic, classic Missy. She was experimenting with some yeah. new things. And I really, I just enjoy that. She's experimenting with new things, but also letting everybody know she did it first. Uh, I do want to mention one other uh, song that I heard that I um, love. It's actually, my uh, my music partner um, has been trying to get me to listen to this for a while. Well, she she keeps playing it, and I like it. I like the music a lot. She finally like made me sit and watch the video. The video is fantastic. It's on YouTube. It's uh it's been out for about two years, so it's I'm a little late to this party, but um it, it's pretty fantastic. It's uh two guys. FKJ is just the name of the artist, and a separate artist named Masigo. Um, they got together and did this song in the studio. They play like every damn instrument imaginable. They rap, they sing, uh, and they switch it all up, all in this one video. And the the song is called Tadao, and it's great. So that's it. That's what I'm listening to, Missy and Tadao. Josh, Yo. are you reading? Reading. I'm uh, thoroughly prepared to talk about. Let's see. We got. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, here's a little, here's a little something I've been reading. Uh, what happens when you take popcorn and you kick it up a notch? You get a mouthful of flavor that will keep you coming back for more. And there's only one with the authentic traditional flavor from across the border. Tapatio. Put some spice in your life. That's just like an example of one of the things I'm reading. Um, and yeah, it's not only is it, uh, educational, but it's also delicious. So, uh, yeah, that is some in-depth investigatory reading that you've got going on there. It's really good. So, congratulations to me. I finished N.K. Jemison's Obelisk Gate. Woo! Bravo! It was amazing. I cannot wait to read the third book in that trilogy. She is amazing. If you like science fiction, N.K. Jemison is the person for you. However, I'm moving on, even though I haven't purchased the third book in that trilogy yet. And, you know, as far as buying books and getting books in the library, I try to mix it up. But there are some authors I love so much. It's like I buy their books because I just picture them getting just a little bit of money from me. And for some reason, I feel like good about it. All right, but I've moved on. So this book was recommended to me by a friend, and I was super interested in it. So I purchased it, and I've gotten through the foreword because I just started reading it. It is incredibly dense, so this is probably going to be another stretch. Oh, boy. The book is called The Body Keeps the Score, 
brain, mind, and body in the healing of trauma. It is by Bessel van der Kolk. It's basically about the numerous ways bodies hold on to trauma, respond to trauma, and deal with trauma, and the myriad of ways that we are unaware of it and ignore it or toss it out as something something else. You just ignore it. You just ignore it. Just like your feelings. You stuff them down inside. <laughs> you And you put a little tapatio on top of them. Mm-hmm. It's all good. <laughs> feelings are delicious with tapatio. So I'm excited to go further into this book beyond the foreword and I will keep all of you sitting on the edge of your seat yeah. uh, informed about By it. By January we should be done. <laughs> This is a really dense book. I'm hoping for the best. All right, Josh, I believe we have come to a close of today's episode. What are we doing next week? Our next episode is under the genre educational. So it's people trying to learn me stuff again. God damn it. Basically, that's what all the podcasts are. People just trying to teach you something or convince you under the of guise of entertainment. Guys. <laughs> so, we will be searching for educational podcasts. That is a massive heading. You know, so many things will fit under that umbrella. So, if you know of a podcast you would consider educational, you are welcome to reach out to us about it, suggest it to us. We try to gear ourselves towards slightly lesser known, smaller podcasts so that we can remain interesting uh, by telling you about things that are not so popular. So feel free to let us know if you think there's something that we should be putting in our ears. And I mean podcasts, not something yeah. weird or gross. Even Q-tips are bad. I learned that from one of the medical podcasts we listen to. You just end up pushing the wax deeper inside, Carrie. God, I know. They have like those teeny tiny metal shovels. I I should get one of those and just scoop it out. Don't stick anything in your ears, except for our voices. (laughs) All right, Josh. Until next time. Yeah, that's it. Bye-bye. We love you. Is it too soon to tell them we love them? (laughs) 